Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome. Welcome. Fifty Shades by Gray. It's the Improbable Research Podcast. I'm Mark Abrams, editor of the magazine Annals of Improbable Research. This is all about research that makes people laugh, then think. If you like what you hear today, consider supporting us at our website, improbable.com. Here's physicist and international explorer, Melissa Franklin. Fifty Shades by Gray, which includes more than 50 shades of the color, if it's a color gray, and lots of other shades of other colors, too. All is seen by Gray, Kurt Gray, that's Kurt with a K and Gray with an A-Y, with improbable dramatic readings of gray stuff by Melissa Franklin. Fashion matters if you're doing anything that can have multiple combinations, such as making clothing, preparing a meal packaging bundles of financial entities, creating apps, whatever. In this respect, commercially, fashion matters, especially if you want people to choose your thing rather than choose the combinations other people are offering. A recent study about colors and shades offers you a simple rule of thumb suggestion about how to be or not to be fashionable. The general reminder can be applied to pretty much any field, not just the fashion industry, aimed at influencing people who will do some finicky choosing. Kurt Gray of the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and colleagues elsewhere produced the study, which is called The Science of Style. In Fashion, Colors Should Match Only Moderately, published in the journal PLOS One in 2014. What's the name of that study again? PLOS One. Oh, The Science of Style. In Fashion... Colors should match only moderately. They begin by seizing your attention. Every day, people ask themselves the question, what to wear? People want outfits that are maximally fashionable. And this isn't mere vanity. Clothing influences perceived and signaled social identity, employment outcomes, romantic success, and even cognitive processes. Even cognitive processes? Really, I know. And romantic success? Apparently. Gray's group offered up various color combinations to strangers who then passed judgment on the fashionability, the desirability of this versus that versus those combos. Despite its universal human importance and vast financial worth, the fashion industry is valued at $1.7 trillion more than double the entire U.S. federal science budget. There is little empirical psychological research on the objective features which make something fashionable. Does that enrage you as it possibly enrages the people who wrote this, that the fashion industry is valued at $1.7 trillion, more than double the entire U.S. federal science budget? Question mark. Well, it just means we'll be well-dressed when we start sinking into the ocean. <laughs> that may have seemed obscure. <laughs> yes, explain it, please. <laughs> well, instead of spending the money on climate change, we spend the money on what to wear as climate changes. Does it make you feel better, feeling fashionable? 
I think I'd rather, since it's all over now anyway, I might as well look good. After that bit of grumbling that Gray and his posse did, they get to the point. In this study, we provide an empirical approach to fashionableness. <laughs> to fashionableness. Through judgments of color combinations, we uncover practical implications for daily life and in doing so speak to a broader theory in aesthetics and human preferences, the Goldilocks principle. I've heard the difficult words are easier to say if you sing them. Fashionableness. Could you sing it with a different tune? Fashionableness. Now snapping your fingers as you sing it. Fashionableness. I like that. Yeah. Fashionableness. Yeah, that's, that's plenty. Thank you. <laughs> I like it. I like it. The Goldilocks principle suggests that often the best choice is a choice that is... Neither too complex nor too simple. Does it strike you as nice and simple? Not too simple. Too complex? Just right. Not too complex, not too simple. Several diagrams decorate Gray's paper. These colorful images, which you of course can't see because you're listening to a podcast, illustrate how Gray and his group apply the Goldilocks principle to clothing choices. These data suggest a simple answer to the question, what to wear? Select a color combination that is neither completely uniform nor completely different. Certainly, moderate matching is not the only key to fashion, which varies across time and culture and depends upon many factors including cut design and trendiness. However, our studies reveal that with all other factors held constant, the Goldilocks principle predicted judgments across four different color palettes in both men's and women's clothing. Melissa, are these data that they're describing here likely to be of great use and be greatly appreciated by scientists? Scientists as a group are famous for having trouble deciding what to wear. I think scientists need help sartorially. Will this data do it? I think it might. I think this will just get them interested in the problem, and they might just take to it. Any risk that they might become interested just in the data rather than the actual problem the data comes from? No, no, no. I, th I think if they could come up with a not only what to wear every day, but what to wear every day, that is, <laughs> is there something I could wear every day that would be fine? I think scientists would love it. Then they would just buy 20 of those things, and they would wear them every day. Because it's time translation invariant, right? So if it's a good thing to wear today, it probably is a good thing to wear tomorrow. This is exciting news throughout the world of science, potentially, then. I think it is. I don't quite understand it, but I think it is, yeah. Here's the technical lowdown on What's it got to do with Goldilocks? It's the Goldilocks principle. But why is that the Goldilocks principle? They just described it. Oh, 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 it. not... You just, you just explained it to the world No, 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 here. no. I'm just thinking about Goldilocks herself. Didn't want something too hot or too cold, too big or too small. Something just right that you could wear every day. Okay. If you wear your porridge. Right. Here's the technical lowdown on how Gray's team did their research. A total of 239 participants, 69% of them women, with the median age being 35.4, each saw 30 different color combinations in one of four color palettes. Palettes one and two were in women's clothing. Palettes three and four were in men's clothing. Each palette included four colors. Out of 256 possible color combinations within each set, we selected combinations quasi-randomly to represent a range of coordination from all matching to all different. Is there any chance that any useful data would result from doing this just with physicists? <laughs> I think physicists are very, 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 very um, observant. I think they have to be, and I think they would be the perfect people for this. Observant of clothing? Just observant of absolutely everything. Are physicists yes. observant of clothing? Yes. Styles? Yes. On Give other people. 
How often? Yeah, I think you're missing a point. I think that a physicist can tell when they're dressed well or not, or other people are dressed well or not, but they just don't care because there's no hope for them <laughs> anyway, even if they do dress nicely. Why is there no hope for them? <laughs> there's no hope for them because they're not going in that direction. There's nothing they can get from dressing nicely. Nothing? No, they don't want to be invited to those cocktail parties. <laughs> None of them? No, they don't want to marry the fancy person in the Porsche. Isn't there a rogue physicist somewhere, even one who wants to be invited to those cocktail parties? Okay, there are. There's about 10. You probably could name them <laughs> I could. with no effort at <laughs> all, and then them. that's the end of it. Huh? Yeah. That's kind of sad, isn't it? No. Oh, all right. Are you one of them? No, I don't know. I love parties. Cocktail parties? Love cocktail parties. Cocktail parties with Porsches parked outside? I like being at a cocktail party in a Porsche. How often does this happen? It's never happened. Those 239 participants had to make some choices. Participants rated clothing sets on how fashionable, good, and liked they were on five-point scales. That's three different things they're rating. How fashionable, how good, and how liked. Yeah, that is, is that right? very odd. Liked, how liked they were. Participants rated clothing sets on how fashionable, good, and liked uh, they were on five-point scales. Ratings were aggregated across participants to yield an overall fashionableness rating for each combination. That first sentence, you could read at least two different ways. Participants rated clothing sets on how fashionable, good, and liked they were. How fashionable, good, and liked the clothing sets were, or they rated them on how fashionable, good, and liked they, the participants, were. Right. This is where I was trying to figure out whether the participants were wearing the clothes. <laughs> they said they looked, let's just see, they say... They were looking at, at diagrams of clothing combinations. Okay, so then it wasn't how it liked they themselves were. <laughs> but that would be interesting to add that as a variable. Gray's team then applied some advanced statistico-mathematical techniques they want you to know. Curve estimation was used to assess linear and quadratic effects of coordination on fashionableness. Women's and men's clothing were analyzed separately. Were you aware prior to seeing this study that curve estimation could be used to assess linear and quadratic effects of coordination on fashionableness? No. Here's the gray take on the volunteer's take on women's clothing. Analyses revealed a significant linear trend, such that more coordination was linked to more fashionableness, consistent with the general importance of matching. Importantly, however, this linear trend was qualified by the predicted quadratic effect, such that peak fashionableness was achieved by moderately coordinated combinations. And here's the gray take on the take for men's clothing. Analyses did not reveal a significant linear trend, but did reveal the predicted quadratic trend, such that peak fashionableness was again achieved by moderately coordinated combinations. Any comment about the mathematics here? Very, very simple mathematics here. It all boils down, Gray's team tells us, to this. These data suggest a simple answer to the question, what to wear? Select a color combination that is neither completely uniform nor completely different. And having boiled it down, Gray's team keeps on heating and stirring what's left. These results are consistent with both centuries of philosophical thought and more recent psychological studies on the importance of the middle way. The middle way? The middle way. Lao Tse, the middle way. Gray and his friends say their last goodbye to us at the very end of their paper with this hint that maybe, just maybe, nature has revealed to them and through them to us, one of its deepest, simplest secrets. 
The Goldilocks principle may also explain aesthetic judgments beyond fashion, reflecting a basic principle of human preference that seeks to balance simplicity and complexity, order and disorder. Now that you have some familiarity with this study, how has this changed your life? I have a lot of questions about this study. If you have gray pants and a different gray, slightly different gray shirt, I don't know. Do you see any possible applications of this paper to the field of particle physics? No. 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 None. None. There's no... Well, well, there's theories that are fashionable. Okay, so okay, so one possible consequence of four particle physics would be that we found that people, scientists like theories that include two things which aren't that different from each other, <laughs> but aren't exactly the same. Like, um, like, I don't know. You've been listening if you've been listening, to a genuine episode of the Improbable Research podcast. I invite you to subscribe to the magazine, The Annals of Improbable Research, six new issues a year. Get yourself some back issues, too. Also, get lots of details about the Ig Nobel Prizes, upcoming events, what's in the magazine, and about how you can help and be part of it via our Patreon. All this at our website, improbable.com. It's possible that Seth Glicksman is the improbable production assistant. Next time on this podcast, we'll look at something or other. Until then. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>